Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Well, I've had a doozy of a week, and I imagine you have too. Sorry we're getting this one out to you late, but we're getting something out to you. And to all the listeners that have been bothering me about being late, fuck off, man. We're trying here. We're trying. We're not. You got to go to our Patreon and subscribe. You know what I mean? Then bitch at me, because if you're paying for it, I'm going to feel something. But if you're not paying for it and bitching, eh. And full disclosure, you shouldn't be bitching at him because it was my fault. We were a bit behind this week. No, 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 no. Don't blame him. Well, whoever you blame, just make sure you're subscribing. You don't have to pay for it. I'm just busting your balls. I don't pay for it. I pirate most of the stuff we do. Like all the stuff behind the paywall. Just hack that shit. I was wondering who had been seeding all my torrents of our episodes. Well, you sent me the uh, the hack tools to do so. You just didn't know I was going to use them on us. By the way, guys, I would like our listeners to go to KAK Industries and browse their shopping list, and uh, you know, give them a, give them a purchase if you see anything you like. That being a, a very good friend of the show. Uh, and I, I imagine that most of you guys who listen to our show probably are well aware of KAK through print, shoot, repeat, which we've mentioned on the show many times. Yeah, we'll put a they, link in the show notes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And just, it seems like we have a theme of full disclosure here, but they are not a sponsor. That's not a paid shout out. That is. Oh, absolutely uh, not. Yeah. Hopefully soon. No, um, for real though. They've been really good to our brand. Uh, the type of people that listen to our show. The type of people who believe in liberty, believe in freedom. So, go KAK, go print, shoot, repeat. We've got something in the works with that end of freedom. So all you, if you're from the left, you would call us gun nuts. Typically, if you're from the right, you would just call us workers, <laughs> normal people. Working class. Yeah, we're a little further than that because print, shoot, repeat isn't even for the right, typically. We're along that, at least that avenue, and we're exploring some things. So if you're interested in Second Amendment home builds, Stay tuned because we got something coming for you. In terms of political compass, this is obviously where Vance and I overlap. It's not about the left or the right. It's about the down, if we can say that. Yeah, so down. I like that. As long as you don't say syndrome after that. I'm down with the down. I recently heard the album version of Down With The Sickness. And okay. I don't think I'd ever heard it before. And who did that song? 
I know the song, but who did it? Disturbed. Oh shit! Yeah, the mommy, the mommy guy. Oh, so okay, so you've heard that? Oh, I, I actually went to a couple of their concerts because, um, you know, I was into the punk rock scene back then. Uh, but I had a lot of friends, and I was actually in a band that was into like just heavy metal shit. And it was just because I lived with those guys, so I just kind of helped them out so I, I just happened to go to a lot of shows i actually went to a show that uh disturbed open open for green day isn't that a weird fucking show disturbed open for green day was it like yeah, a radio festival or something it was like a festival yeah but like yeah. it was uh 1996 i think it was the car i'm restoring in my, in my garage was new that year <laughs> fucking old <laughs> and it's considered a classic now <laughs> I just put all that together on air by the way yeah we're, we're witnessing a man recognize his age in real time <laughs> yeah, uh, I was actually listening to a uh, comedy podcast and there was just like this slutty girl who they were talking about was a little old to get married <laughs> and she was talking about she was born in 1994. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I remember how creepy I felt when I was at a bar and I saw like the the clock that they, I don't know if they did that everywhere, but in, in the Southeast, there would be like a clock that the bartenders could look at, I guess, if they, when they got the ID. The total what year and month made it legal to drink. And I saw 1990 on it. <laughs> I was like, I could potentially buy a girl a, gr- a drink and, you know, end up sleeping with her. And she was born in 1990. And I remember how intriguing that was. Plus, <laughs> naughty and just a little creepy feeling and now it's uh yeah i'm basically ready to die (laughs) at least if i was looking at myself now from back then when i was thinking about that yeah i'm almost dead which is a great segue into what we're about to talk about this thing that feels like it happened 10 seconds ago to me because I've lived 900 years so time is relative may seem like a lifetime ago to somebody like my son who lived most of his memorable years in the COVID pandemic government response era which pales in comparison to WWF's Attitude Era. It does. It really does. Like, the, where, uh, where is the COVID Steve Austin? The stone COVID Steve Austin. <laughs> there, was, there was no Steve Austin for COVID. There was... There was the Cuomo brothers. <laughs> There was. And then, you know, the villain, there was uh, DeSantis. Uh, 
Camp. DeSantis is actually a really good uh good guy anti-hero. Yeah. In that in the way that like I realize I'm getting way too nerdy on the wrestling side of things now, but Go ahead. Kurt Angle mm-hmm. was kind of an anti-villain in that he was like this, you know, big pro-America Olympian, very goody two shoes vibe, and you were supposed to hate him while loving the badass Steve Austin. Oh, was Steve Austin the bad guy? I thought he was like the working class dude. He's not the bad guy. He's just irreverent, right? Like, and again, apologies for anyone who's just like, is this a wrestling podcast? What is this? Uh, no, Degeneration I, I would, X. I would like to, to to understand this because I wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but I did like Steve Austin. Well, you were supposed to. That's what I'm saying. And in, in the way that I felt like he was like uh, a, a a beer drinking, just like a person, a man, not a good guy, not a bad guy, but like a a man doing man things it's a bit more nuanced as opposed to the very (laughs) squeaky clean heroes of before Mm. because before that it was very clean like good guy versus bad guy and good guy is remember kids eat your fruits and vegetables and stay in school and do you remember how like I don't know why or how this happened because I probably wasn't aware of the propaganda at that time. But like that good guy image that talked like that, the you know the 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 guy who was on the G, the end of the GI Joes, the older guy, how it became changed from he's the good guy to he's like this clean cut prep. He's the bad guy. But around adults, they think he's a good guy. Wait, what? Who? Okay. You talking about Sergeant Slaughter? No, no, no. No, what I'm saying is like the good guy. The good guy in the wrestling scene was like this clean cut good guy, right? But somewhere in my timeline, that image, right, became a person who was beloved by adults and believed to be a good guy, but was actually the bad guy. So like a person who looked like what people believed a good person looked like in the eighties. In my time, most people thought of that as the bad guy and adults think he's good. Like he's the bad guy no longer wears a leather jacket and smokes cigarettes out by the, bleachers the bad guy now is the guy in the viper in the parking lot with the letterman jacket and all the teachers love him why do you think that is there was some sort of propaganda campaign that did that i fell right into it man i think i was naturally like not not into authoritarian people so like I naturally believed that the person who 
the all the authoritarians said was the good guy was probably the bad guy. So when they reaffirmed that in like 80s movies or late 90s movies or whatever, I was totally into it. Like, you know, clerks and things like that, like the mall rats. Everybody liked the, the people in that, but they were obviously like the counterculture, the people the parents wouldn't like, right? The slackers. Right. People would think of them as slackers, but I would think of them as visionaries. Not necessarily the people in that movie, but like, you know what I mean? I tended to... I'd, but, I'd agree with actually the people in those movies because Kevin Smith was in all of his movies. Uh, right, but my point being is, you know, in real life, I saw a bunch of dumbass jocks who were only focused on positive reinforcement of their stupid lives, basically looking for likes in a world that didn't have likes yet. And then then I saw people, a lot of dumb people on my side of things, but... I also saw some of the brightest people that I ever met in my life that opened my eyes to new ideas on that side, on the side that wasn't liked and wasn't thought of as anything and almost spat upon. Okay. So what you're saying is slackers then were thought of as the bad guy, but now they're the good guy? The image, yes. Like the, because the imagery, because, but it's the right. same people. Bad guys are bad guys. Good guys are good guys. It's just like the public Im- image is different. So if we get into the FTX thing, right? Yeah. That's why the CIA picked a person who looks like him and groomed him to do that. Because he looks like what TV would say was a good guy, right? trying to just give money to the right people, right? He does not wear a leather jacket with spikes and shit like that, right? He's n- nerdy, innocent, almost dorky. Oh, I, I... He's my friend because he gets me straight A's in math class, you know? Type so guy. he's not... He's not the jock but he's not the slacker either. Right. He's the guy that the jock made do the homework for him. So if we go back to that leather jacket, greaser, American graffiti era, he was the guy with like the horn rimmed glasses and the pocket protector. Right. Yeah. 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 He was revenge. He was a dude. No shit. With the goddamn camera. Because he designed a camera small enough to film the naked girls in the so he was a creeper, dude. But a lovable creeper, right? <laughs> That's the whole point. I, I will say that that stuff doesn't hold up. <laughs> because if you go and look at those nerd movies, those dudes Watch are them. those dudes are hella rapey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super creep. Man. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, like, well. 
Is it? It's well. I I enjoyed it. I was not uncomfortable at all. Well, I think it. It if. I mean, if I were doing it, I'd be uncomfortable. (laughs) But the movie is hilarious because not only do you get to see what people considered the under class and the spat upon, but you get to see like there was a time that the spat upon (laughs) could be could just rape chicks. And still be looked at with pity. <laughs> it's such a weird time. And, and we don't do that now. But yeah, it, we, we, we claim to do it all the time. It does highlight how the incel phenomenon is not new at all. But how we've looked at them has changed quite a bit and i don't know maybe maybe there's something to be said for how we looked at them in that way because we didn't take them seriously we just said ha ha you're an idiot you're only you can only get laid if you rape somebody maybe that wasn't the approach because we found that that has now escalated in school shootings so maybe incels weren't to be laughed at and ignored maybe we should have figured out why they were that way well i think school shootings have escalated for many reasons and i think on some of our later episodes where we and if you're a paid customer you will understand we have uh some conspiracy episodes that are not for everybody they are for pay paying customers Listeners. You'll see where I come. Paid listeners. Come where I stand with that. So there's a lot of reasons why we have school shootings, and not of them, not a lot of them, but particular ones, I believe, are pushed in a direction by a force. What I would say, like manipulated yeah, like- a little bit. You know, uh, they already had bad ideas, but. Let's let's build upon that. There's a lot of evidence that happened, and there's people who have had it done to them that have come out and 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 they didn't go and shoot a bunch of, but they did do some other bad things, and they've come out and not been killed at least quick enough to not get the word out. Some of them killed afterwards. We can. I mean, hell, yep. Lions of Liberty interviewed somebody last year, and then right afterwards, he was murdered in his mailbox. Well, so, uh, we're saying what he said about a shooting. So. It's it's a lot different in the age of the internet because I can think of one bombing in particular that has since been declassified, and we laid bare the fact that we convinced people to become domestic terrorists but Mm -hmm. people just don't care because it happened a long time ago in their eyes but and what gets me is like the one the anthrax like wikileaks release that one government documents like we did that 
our government sent anthrax and fake anthrax both out into the world to American citizens to create the scare. But if you don't send people things like that in the mail, then what's the carrot? What's the incentive? <laughs> like, why would you believe anything we say? Why would you be scared of these people if they weren't trying to kill you with anthrax? So we need to send you anthrax for your own good. And that is what we're talking about here. And this lady was a hero by many not that long ago. When I was driving 90 in a 35, this lady was a fucking hero. Let's listen to what she has to say. Real quick, is there a statute of limitations on speed limits? I was driving 90 in a 35. I don't give a fuck. Cool. All right. So this is Dr. Wen on CNN in March of 2021. Glad you told me when. My main concern is that we're not going to reach herd immunity because of vaccine hesitancy. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe who desperately want the vaccine right now. And they're thinking, oh, well, it's just a small percentage of people who are actually anti-vaxxers. And that's true. There is the anti-science, anti-vaxxer contingent. But I think that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here all these freedoms that you have because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway and i fear a situation of coming into the fall where we never reach herd immunity and then we get hit by the next surge of of, of covid19 in the fall something that we could have prevented if we just got people vaccinated now what is the incentive <laughs> actually real quick let's just what is the incentive please real if we can't make them get it to go get groceries. So without saying anything about the effectiveness of the vaccine, because okay. honestly, I don't even think no, that, that that's matters. a very fair point. That's a very fair point. I don't think this has anything to do with the effectiveness of the vaccine. And I don't even think that's worth us. True jumping into because we've already done that and and everyone is on a different page when it comes to how they feel about it what they think about it and the different and if trump said to do it or not because that matters for some people for some reason yeah why on earth you would ever do anything because trump told you it was safe is beyond me but Agreed. That is how some people live their life, and that's fine. 
but I, I think the the conversation is is worth having outside of what I think the typical discourse is because we can have that conversation all day long with the million other podcasts or whatever that are are doing that. But besides that, hold on. I, you said all day long. Not sure that can happen with Kanye. Because the moment you say, hey, there's some people after you, but it might not be the Jews, he goes, see ya, and bounces. So fuck you, Kanye. By the way, don't come on my podcast being all like, oh, the Jews, blah, 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 blah. And then I say something on my own goddamn podcast and you walk off. You're a bitch. Yeah, what happened? He was was that Tim Pool? Yeah, he's a fucking bitch. Yeah, Tim Pool. Tim Pool gave him a platform. I questioned him just a slightest little bit and said, "Hey, people are coming after you, and I believe that, but maybe they're not just a they group." And this motherfucker just like bounced. And the problem I have with this is I thought it was a trolling smorgasbord. (laughs) And what happened was is Milo, who I have loved because (laughs) at least in my eyes, he's just been this gay troll that I have enjoyed Everything he's done. I was like, oh, let me go see if he's okay. Because somebody goes. Oh, so he's oh, on the maybe podcast not as well? A they. Yeah. He's there. Maybe he's not a they. And then when Milo says, let me see if he's okay, I'm like, this is, this is, this is a joke. Because now I'm like, oh, Kanye's mentally like unstable. His problems. He needs help. It's not a political. It's not political anymore. It's that right. Now it's more in like everybody else's eyes. It's more political, and I'm like, oh, Kanye doesn't know. My point being is Kanye could be like super. I hate the Jews, but conscious of what he's doing, and I could talk to him about it. But Kanye, right now, super against the Jews, but not willing to even talk to a person who says, oh yeah, I believe that absolutely happened. I just think you're a little bit wrong on the reason it happened. And then he walks off and makes a big thing about it, and that person goes, oh, I was wrong. Kanye's perfect, and fuck my integrity. Kanye's back in. Or, what the fuck, Kanye? You said you were going to come on my show. I asked you the weakest fucking questions. You didn't do shit. Blah, blah, blah. And now Kanye's trying to ruin that motherfucker. What's he trying to ruin him for? By being part of them? Yeah, just... I mean, Kanye's trying to ruin a lot of people. So it's like, 
not that big of a deal. You know? So, so you. I'm just saying, Kanye's worth a lot of goddamn money. He's doing really well for himself, and he should be able to fucking talk. I'm just saying, like, if you want to goddamn talk and you're talking about shit that people don't really want to believe in or want you to say, maybe you shouldn't try to silence people trying to say things that you don't want them to say. Shut the fuck up, let them say it, and counter their goddamn arguments. And be a real motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I'm just saying Biggie didn't kill Tupac, bitch. All right, this interview's over. It's a trap, and there's no comfort.